What's up, everybody? This is Keith from the Bronx Lounge. Thanking you for tuning in to today's episode as Cav and I break down all things Yankees baseball and have a great time. Check us out on all social platforms at the Bronx Lounge for daily Yankee content and to join the awesome community we hope to build. We hope you enjoy this episode just as much as we enjoy making it. And without further ado, sit back, relax, and let's talk some Yankees in the Bronx Lounge. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Bronx Lounge Podcast. Yankees take every single game from the Kansas City Royals over the weekend. We are coming Finally. at you at 4.43, just a couple minutes after after game three. They sweep the Royals. Keith, how are we feeling? Uh, definitely a little bit better. That's for sure. Um, not going to get so much of our hopes up, you know, crazy amount because it's, you know, it's the Royals, you know, they're not, not really the most impressive team this year, but, uh, that was definitely, there's a lot of positives to take out of this, uh, this series because man, these, uh, these past couple weeks have been some of the worst weeks in, uh, as a Yankee fan, uh, in recent memory, because, you know, just horrendous performance of baseball, this team structure still is whack out of shape, um, but I think this weekend really had a good amount of pieces that have, like, a lot of attention that we can uh, put towards, but, um, yeah, a sweep, I mean, nothing better than a sweep, at least, you know, it, if we lost, if you only took two games, that probably would have been a different story, but a sweep, uh, it definitely gets you right back into some into a better groove than what you were in. Yeah, definitely a lot of a better feeling than the last couple of series leading into this one. Kansas City, in terms of record, is is really bad. I mean, the Yankees didn't blow them out in any of these games. I mean, Kansas City was able to hang around in a lot of these games, and even in you know Game Three today, we you know saw that they got out to a, you know a, a little bit of a nice lead at the end, and you know a couple of solo homers in the ninth made it a little bit more interesting. Let's just get right into it. There's a, I feel like there's a lot to talk about. I'll start with some of the housekeeping notes. Judge Luizaga sim game. I'm sure if you're a Yankee fan, you heard that. Aaron Judge and Jonathan Luizaga did a little sim game at bat against each other. Luizaga threw 16 pitches to Aaron Judge. Seems to have all went well from a health standpoint. Both guys seem okay in terms of timetables. There's still no timetable for Judge, and this doesn't really change that. Luizaga is going to be expected to throw one more of those sim games, and then he'll hop right into rehab in the minor leagues. So, again, not really a good update on Aaron Judge, but, you know, it was good to see him out there, you know, you know in the batter's box. Swinging and Loizaga. I would say. You know, I feel like, I'm sorry. I would say a bigger update for the Loizaga more than it yeah. would be Judge. I mean, yeah. He, I, mean, I feel like we feel like we haven't really heard anything about Loizaga all year long. He's kind of been, kind of in the shadow of his injury all year long. He hasn't been a guy we've really talked about coming back. And 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 Kay said this on the broadcast today, and I kind of agree with him. I feel like when Loizaga comes back, if his stuff is there and he's on, I think he's the best guy in that bullpen. I don't even think it's that close. So, obviously, he's a huge piece to come back. Yeah, you even look back in, like, you know, 2021 where Loizaga really started to kind of, you know, break out of his shell a little bit. Uh, you know, he looked he looked really solid in uh, in um, in that BP against Judge. Um, you know, Booney, I mean... You know, I'm going to personally take everything Boone says with a grain of salt, but Boone said, like, he looked absolutely dominant. He said that this is a postseason, it looked like a postseason uh, performance from Jonathan Loisega. Um 
like postseason type of pitches because I mean his sinker had a lot of movement on it. Judge was able to foul off of, like the only Judge was only able to foul off like five of them, but other than that, he swung and missed at pretty much everything else. Which those are the types of you know things you would expect from Judge, considering the fact that he hasn't really done any of this for the past almost month now. So, uh, but yeah, that's a huge update, and the bullpen has been kind of streaky. They, they you know they've been blowing games a good amount uh, in these pa- in this past stretch. Um, so, I mean, any addition to the bullpen right now is just absolutely huge. And, I mean, that's, yeah, absolutely big update for the Wiseco right there. And there's a, there's a few amount of other stuff to get into. But um, I kind of want to – I just want to jump away real quick from, like, the injury stuff real quick. I just – this is a interesting housekeeping that literally happened in the middle of Game 3 because we are recording this uh, directly after Game 3 uh, just ended. So I'm – I don't really know what this means. Uh really at all um but Andy Pettit just joined the Yankees joined the Yankees as Aaron Boone's advisor I'm not entirely sure what that means nor uh what it does but uh obviously it, it'll give insight to the players and you know help he'll help out mechanically with everything but it was really really interesting that literally in the middle of the game that you know he was there he was in you know he was there this uh he was there pre-game, you know, this morning, and, and, you know, now we all get the news why he was there, and, you know, he's the advisor now. So that was just really, that was really random to me. Yeah, they talked about it a little bit on the pre-game, and I was able to catch a little bit of it. When he's basically just, you know, he's going to pop in and out. He's going to be, you know, a, a quasi-coach to the pitching staff, but he's he's not going to be, you know, on the pitching staff. Pettit's come out and said, you know, he did the WBC. He was he was the pitching coach of the uh, of the U.S. team of the WBC. And he said he had a lot of fun and he enjoyed doing it. But he's also come out and said that he doesn't think he's ready to fully commit to, you know, the full long baseball season, what it takes to be, you know, on an actual pitching staff. So I I think what Pettit's going to be is a guy that kind of just comes in and out. Um, you know, he'll pop in from time to time and, you know, he'll try to advise some of these guys, maybe, um, you know, a, a little bit of an outsider's perspective on, you know, some of the things going on. But he's not going to be there every day. But, I mean, again, when, when you hear – you know, one of the Yankee great, greats like Andy Pettit is, you know, back in the building on in, in some shape or form on the coaching staff. That, that'll get some people going. Yeah, and every, every, every Yankee fan, I mean, you see it on Twitter when they post their fantasy front office styles. You know, you, every, every fan wants, a, wants an old successful player to be here. So, yeah, like you said, it, it's, that's something that'll just spark everyone up, whether it's the players or whether it's, whether it's us, whether it's just some sort of momentum we need. Um, but, yeah, that was kind of just an interesting little uh, little thing that kind of – that got thrown into that. And another thing with game three, um, Glaber Torres in the middle of the game just had to leave uh, the game for, uh, I think it was left hip tightness. Um, so that's kind of concerning. Uh, yeah, left hip tightness for, for Glaber. So that's kind of concerning. Uh, you know, not that it's not just like the hugest of injuries of anything, but you know, any injuries obviously concerning, especially the way Glaber's been swinging it right now. He's, he is uh, literally, the best player on the on, the best offensive production that we have on this team without judge right now. So that's just, you know, that's if that, if that somehow, or if that turns into anything, that could be a huge blow. Yeah. And that was definitely a weird one. Cause I think it was either the third or fourth inning. He had the ball that he had to range towards second base to get, he did, he wasn't able to make the play and he kind of tumbled down and the broadcast showed it a couple of times when it happened and then when he got taken out of the game, and it looked like he hit his head. So when they first took him out of the game in the seventh, Kay and Paulie thought it was a head injury. 
they've come out and said that it is, you know, something with the hip. And I, I did just see uh, Hoke tweet like two minutes ago that right now there are no tests scheduled for him. So I think it was kind of just a precautionary thing. I think he's going to be fine. Yeah. Yeah. yeah right. No, he's probably it, the most consistent guy in the lineup all year. So it would be tough to lose him right now. No, yeah. Actually, I, I'm reading this right now. Glaber Torres, Max Goodman just tweeted, Torres told Aaron Boone right after the game that he's his hip feels better already so that's never mind we're all right maybe maybe a false alarm i just yeah i think just probably a cautionary thing yeah that you know yeah let's not overreact keith let's, let's slow down but um <laughs> yeah but i mean uh seriously though i think labor's a huge conversation now that is not going to need to be had because i mean in the month of july alone he's just been absolutely insane but this this whole year like i said you know really the only consistent hitter that we've had and uh you know I know he's he's going to be a, probably a name in trade talks this year uh, at the deadline, but you know I feel like that's just such a valuable piece that I don't I don't think you can really give him up and unless you really get a good offer for him. I don't think you can give up Glaber Torres. Yeah, and I mean he had another really good series. He had two home runs in this series. One being you know today in the first inning continues to hit the ball well. You know it's kind of like a Stanton thing with him. You you could tell when he's on, and I mean even in even in, in the outs that he that he had yesterday watching the game. You know, he's putting good swings on the ball. He's hitting the ball hard. He's, you know, hitting line drives. He's definitely in a good place. And he, you're right. It is going to be tough to trade him right now with how bad the offense has been and how good he's been as of late. Yeah, that's uh, that's a big thing, man. And I'm just Glaber's Glaber's getting a lot of attention right now. Um, so yeah, that's that's big. Bader is back in the lineup, and uh, he did he so. I think Bader's fine. Really, no injury. Didn't had nothing. It really affected him. So that's good. Um, he didn't really look great. Let's say all that. He's uh kind of in a little bit of a interesting skid, but you know he's fine. Bader's fine. Uh, and then we saw we saw Jake Bowers and uh, Greg Allen come back. Um. Uh, for th- for game three. So, uh, you know those are the pieces that the front office is saying that we need back for uh for a nice little run, but. Um, you know, Bowers actually started off in game three before, you know, we'll, we'll get into game three later, but you know, Bowers had a nice little return to start it up. Um, and then they sent Franchi and Oswaldo down. So yeah, there's pretty much that. Um, Nestor also had a rehab start, uh, in this, uh, today, I think it was, uh, yep, today at one o'clock. Yep. Two and a third innings pitch, four hits, one run and, uh, no walks and four strikeouts. So that's actually a really good start. Um, for Nestor in his rehab, and uh, and he needs three more to go. So, a Nestor addition to this uh, starting rotation, you know, can't uh, can't accept it more. Oh yeah, I mean, you saw. I mean, he, he did have a good a good outing at Somerset today. You know, forty two pitches. You just want to continue to see him build up because, you know, they are going to need some length out of him when he comes back. And you know, again. You know, we'll talk about it in Game 3 a little bit more, but Severino did have a pretty solid start today, so maybe he's starting to get back on track. When Cortez does come back, there is gonna, <clears throat> excuse me, there is going to be a decision that needs to be made. Yeah, for sure, man. Um, this was a big one. This kind of this this was this one's kind of a blow. Um, you know, this definitely kind of sets a little bit of like a heartache to some Yankee fans, especially since he's just like pretty big, lovable guy, and it probably kind of explains the reason why his offensive production has been very minimal. Uh, and I brought it up. I did bring it up probably like two weeks ago. Um, 
you know, there's only a handful of so many offensive good like good offensive catchers. But you know, this this could be a reason why. So Trevino is out for the year. Uh, he needs wrist surgery. Um, he, yeah, so he's been dealing with it all all year apparently. Um, and that you know that's whether whether it's his uh, catching hand or throwing hand. What like you know as a catcher, like he he's just paying, playing through pain the entire time. Like you have to you have to wonder like. You know the amount of like risk he was kind of putting his body at at this point because he's just kind of throwing himself. He was just throwing himself out there, and I mean, better late than never to get the surgery. But uh, you know, he, hoping just hoping just for a uh, quick recovery for uh, for Jose. Yeah, and I mean Donaldson transferred to the sixty day. I wasn't sure if we brought that up or if that happened before the last series pod. So no, I yeah, he, yeah, right. yeah, he's out of here. Thinking Peraza for the rest of the year probably. Um, but yeah, a lot of a lot of stuff to get through in the housekeeping. A lot of crap going on. We, you know, as we know with the Yankees, oh, there's always a lot of injury news. So now I do want to ask, Kev, uh, before we get into the games. Now, this was you know this was the huge like if you lost this series, season was in jeopardy at this point. Like you're probably like the chances of you making the playoffs just probably dip down, down, down. And then we were saying, like, if the Yankees get, if the Yankees can't win this series, you know, sell the, like, you know, we're gonna have to start selling. We're gonna probably have to start selling. Is do you do you change your mind now? Is do you you still think that we're gonna have to, you know, get rid of pieces? Do you think now we're kind of gonna have to go in buy mode? You know, like, what do you what do you think we're gonna have to do? Uh, well, I mean, we talked about this in the last pod. I think they're gonna buy because that's what the Yankees do. I, I you know, I said that I I thought they should sell. And this series doesn't really change that for me. It does make me, you know, turn my head and be willing to listen a little bit more now. You know, okay, well, you know, you showed it in this series, but Kansas City's a really bad team. You didn't blow them out. You used all of your good relievers for every single game. You didn't see Abreu once. You didn't see Ramirez once. The first time we saw Marinaccio was in the ninth inning today. So you used all the big guys in your bullpen all weekend. I'm willing to listen a little bit more now, but I, I mean, obviously I think we need to see a little bit more because I, they didn't do anything overly spectacular to me in this series. We saw some guys, you know, with some nice performances that we hadn't seen in a little bit, like, you know, and we'll talk about that more as we get into the games, but I don't think overall in general, this is enough for anybody to look at this and say, okay, like this team is for real, get Judge back, get Loisega back, get Nestor back and, you know, buy a couple pieces and, and they're in it. Yeah, and a big guy they're really looking at that has the uh, easily the biggest buzz around the Yankee, uh, the Yankee clubhouse is you know if we tra- if we can trade for Cody Bellinger, um, and I kind of want to see where you think, like, yeah, I mean he's obviously having you know one of his best seasons yet, uh, but I wonder you know especially the recent like stretch he's having I you know we're probably gonna have to give up a real. Like, very large amount. Like, do you think we're gonna have to go like some, probably like four or five pretty solid prospects for 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 Bellinger? I think you are gonna have to give up a decent haul for him, but I don't think it's necessarily because of his numbers and and what what he brings to the table. I think it's because you know when when you look at the landscape of baseball this year, I don't think there are a ton of rental outfielders like Cody Bellinger. So I think he's going to hold some more value because I think, I mean, obviously the Yankees are not going to be the only team that's, you know, trying to trade for Cody Bellinger. So I think it is going to take a little bit of a decent haul for him. And like you said, you know, he's batting, you know, 319 with 13 homers this year. He's been good. 
A um, little bit banged up. He's, he spent some time on the IL, but you kind of expect that with Cody Bellinger. And I think he would be, he definitely would be a nice piece to this outfield. He would, you know, definitely, he can, he could patrol center, right or left. He's a very good defender. You know, you definitely would feel comfortable with him out there. We saw Bowers, you know, misplay another ball today. So, you know, you, you kind of shore up your outfield with or without Judge coming back. And obviously with the, with the short porch at Yankee Stadium and the power that he has, you see the potential for Cody Bellinger to be really successful here. And that's why I think it's, you know, a pretty ideal and no-brainer, you know, deal to make, to be honest with you. I think everybody's kind of on that. But I do think it is going to take a little bit of value to get him, even though he is a rental, because there isn't a ton of rentals in baseball this year, uh, you know, in the outfield that can be traded for. So, you know, you're either going to be trading for, you know, a year and a half, two and a half years, some more, some more control, and you're going to be giving up more value. But I also think the rentals are going to go up in value too because, you know, supply and demand, you know, the basics. So I do think the value will be a little bit high for him. But, I mean, I think he could be very, you know, be very helpful to this team. Yeah, and I feel like any sort of offensive production obviously is going to be, you know, any 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 offensive production is going to help us out at this point. But do you think, do you think that we should I, – I mean – I think we probably definitely should stock up more on offense than you know, like, do, do we focus more, more offense than we do pitching? Um, I mean, like I said, you know, I like, you know, pitching, pitching kind of has been a little weak lately. I, I, they probably, you know, these are the same guys that also were the best bullpen, you know, the best bullpen in the league for the, for two months straight. And then, you know, kind of skidded off this past month, but you know, do you think that they're going to add some add some bullpen arms or, you know, or even a starting pitcher maybe? Or do you think that they're kind of going to go strict the offense here? I think they might add a starting pitcher for depth. I think the bullpen's good. I think they just have over-exhausted them, to be honest. I think if, you know, you know if, if they do a better job of calculating and managing that bullpen through the rest of the season, I think that bullpen will be okay and ready to go, and I think they feel the same way. Maybe a starting pitcher just for depth, but – I mean, I don't know, because if Severino is going to start, you know, turning it around, they might feel like they don't have to go out and get one of those guys, and they can keep Severino and hope that he figures it out. And then you have enough depth be, enough depth because, you know, when Nestor comes back, you already have six guys that, you know, you quasi-trust. I mean, obviously Clark is not going to be going out there to make postseason starts, but, you know, down the stretch, Clark has pitched good enough, I feel like, all year long to deserve to continue to get starts in that rotation as well. So I don't I, I don't really see, especially if Severino is going to continue to pitch well and you know they if they don't trade him, then no, I don't see them going out and getting a starter. And it also is kind of counterproductive if you do trade him because if you're gonna trade him and then trade for another starter, you know, why wouldn't you just keep Severino and hope that you can figure him out? Yeah, Severino is uh is gonna be a an, uh, another name that's going to be probably a big target for this Yankee team. Uh, you know, a lot of teams are going to want. Uh, me and you were talking about earlier this morning as we were on our way to golf, and that was a pretty interesting day of golf. But uh, yes, uh, Ooh, we, yeah, interesting. Uh, but yeah, we were talking about Severino. I mean, his. I mean, in his career, you know, he's a he's a good pitcher. You know, he's 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 in 2017-18. Um, you know, before, it's really before he got shut down in 2019 that, you know, he just, he kind of went into his streaky ways of not being able to stay on the field and, and all that. But, you know, 1718, like, you know, you saw that you saw like such a good, you know, ace-like Severino out of him. And those were in his younger years. And you thought you, he would keep getting better. 
and now he's you know he, he it's really hard for for him to stay healthy um but like you know teams know his ceiling like teams know how good he can be if he can just stay healthy so you know Severino's probably going to have a good amount of buzz uh in the next few weeks and i mean I, I, you know there's a chance the Yankees could move on from him yeah definitely i mean it, especially now you know if he is starting to pitch well maybe that ups his value a little bit and if they really don't think that they're going to you know be re-signing him long term in the offseason maybe it is worth it to to offload him and get some value back if you can so I don't really know what their plan is there, but I, I think I, I think I, I think it's obvious that you you know if you are going to buy at the deadline, it's got to be heavy offensively. Which I kind of do wonder now. I mean, he's my he's my favorite pitcher, but uh, I don't personally. I don't think I don't think the Yankees should go out and extend Severino. I think we've kind of dealt with these these expecting him to to be here, uh, and he's just injured. Um, and then when he is, and then, you know, this year he's kind of, we see, we see a pretty solid year of Seve, but I mean, he started off the year injured and then now when he comes back, uh, you know, he doesn't even do that great. So I don't know. I feel like a Seve extension just doesn't make sense at this point because I mean, you missed, you missed almost four years of production from the guy. And I mean, he really hasn't been so much like help. So, I mean, I know, you know, his upside, but even if like, there's been very, very little upside from him. Yeah, I mean, he's just, he's just always hurt. And, like, you know, we talk about it all the time. You know how electric he is when he's on and when he's out there. But he's not out there enough. So you can't you can't give him big money and lock up a guy in the rotation who is going to spend a majority of his time on the IL every single season. There, there's a track record there now with Luis Severino. This isn't a fluke. You know, he's not, he's not had a couple unlucky injuries. Like, he is an injury-prone pitcher who is going to spend time on the IL every single year. And you have to book that in when when you have him on your roster and i agree with you i don't know you know depending on the money i i i wouldn't go longer than you know two or three years with severino even if the money was low he's to me he's not a long-term signing option for for a team because of those injury concerns that you have with him yeah i honestly i don't really think there's like a too much to too much else to really talk about other than the fact that, you know, a lot of, a good, a good amount of positives to take out of these three games, you know, different guys stepping up. Um, so yeah, let's just, let's just jump into the games now. Yankees finally won a series. Yankees finally sweep, uh, you know, very, very rare. We, we've to hear those sentence or to hear that sentence because of the way that they've been playing, but let's get into game one here. Um, Clark got the ball. He uh, he started off pretty solid and then really just tailed off and then just couldn't find the zone whatsoever. Uh, I didn't. I mean, I didn't really. I didn't. I wasn't really impressed by Clark uh, in the start. Um, you know, he gave up the three run. He gave up the three. Yeah, he gave up three runs and yeah, just didn't really have it with them. They pulled him. They pulled him pretty early and you know some 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 fans didn't really agree with it, but I I I, I understand why. Just you know, he wasn't looking comfortable and if if that game just kept slipping away from him, it would have gotten uglier. So uh, they pulled them, I think it was, what, in the fourth with like 60 pitchers or something like that? Um, uh, he actually went 5.2. Oh, yeah, I'm a liar. All right, yeah, so uh, I didn't get to game, didn't really get to watch game one too much. But, yeah, so Clark. Yeah, but your point stands. He wasn't sharp yeah. at all. The, the, breaking, the breaking ball didn't have the bite on it that, we see, that, we knew, that we're used to seeing. The control of the fastball was a little in and out in this start. He wasn't – he just wasn't – very sharp in this start, but you know the offense was able to pick him up because, you know they get the they get the three run homer by Billy McKinney and 
the two really nice catches in center field playing for Harrison Bader, who was hurt for game one. You know, game one is, is the Billy McKinney game, and you you get rewarded when, when, when you do positive things for the team, and Boone did that because in game two, they let him off. So, yeah. I mean, obviously a huge through-run homer for McKinney. Torres was able to tack on one more in the fifth, and then they didn't score after the fifth inning, and the bullpen is the second story of this game because – you know, five. You know, five three going into you know the sixth. The bullpen's got to shut it down, and you know they were able to get the one run off of Tommy Canley. But other than that, Peralta came in and was scoreless. King came in and was scoreless. Clay Holmes came in in the ninth and shut the door. So you know they used Peralta, King, Canley, and Holmes, who are right now the four big guys in the back end of that bullpen, to get the job done. They were able to shut the door, and the offense was able to score enough early and give it to the bullpen with a lead. The bullpen was able to lock it down. I think, you know, while the offense is struggling, that's that's the formula for winning. You know, give give the ball to the bullpen with a lead. And you have to just hope that more times than not, they're going to be able to shut it down. And they were in this game. Yeah, and the way, the, bull, the way that the bullpen really, like I said, has been this past, you know, stretch. Uh, it's about time you really saw a good, uh, good outing. And I think, I feel like this, I feel like, you know, a series like this, it's just, you need, uh, I don't know, I take these series with a grain of salt, and I kind of take it as more of a, like, you know, the way that, you know, Boone and Cashman call it, you know, the runway, you know, I feel like these are the, these are the games that are their runway, you know, these are the games where, you know, literally the worst team in baseball, you know, you need, you need to show out, you know, guys need to, you know, start getting on base more, pitchers need to start dialing in with their pitches, you know, make, you know, start figure, start figuring things out, you know, these are like the games that, you know, what do you have to lose, you know, I, I, you know, when we were working on Saturday, I said it, like, when, um, uh, with Garrett Cole, you know, like, you know, what do you have to lose, like, like just keep them going, so, um, yeah, I don't know, I feel like these are just the games that, uh, that, uh, that the runway just needs to go, but yeah, but Billy McKinney, man, not only, not only on the offensive side, but the, but the, Friggin' defensive, the defensive side as well, man, makes makes a couple sliding plays and, uh, and robs a, I think it was a home, I think, I think he robbed it, I think it was a home run, uh, probably like an extra base hit maybe, but uh, yeah, McKinney, man, that's, and he hasn't, you know, he had a little spark, um, you know, before the year, but, uh, uh, before, uh, he had a star, uh, spark early when he came up, but, um, and then he kind of fell off, and then after that, you know, he's, he's, he's starting to, he had, a, he had a really good game right there, so that's you know hopefully a little bit of another start for uh, for Billy McKinney. Um, but yep, all the all the runs scored on scored on home runs, and you know the bullpen was really able to shut it down. Um, you know, Franchi was able to start us up, and then you know the red hot Glaber the red hot Glaber is able to keep it going. Michael Massey uh, homered in every game this series, uh, by the way. So that was uh, so we could not figure out anyone but Michael Massey, I guess. Um, or we could figure out everyone, but Michael Massey, but yeah, game one, they were able to take it. Clark doesn't look too great, but, uh, you know, I don't really think there's a whole much else to take out of game one. Um, you know, game two and then Garrett Cole bump day. We're always, we're always excited for a Garrett Cole bump day. And he, and he's just, you know, he's just kind of making his case now for, you know, these are the, these are the games where he's really going to have to make his case for AL Cy Young because, you know, uh, what is it, two seven eight ERA that he's now second in the American League right behind Evaldi. Um, you know, these are the games, I mean, uh, let's see, he had 10 strikeouts in this game. 
Uh, let's see, 10 strikeouts, six and, a, six and a third innings, two earned runs, five hits. I mean, you know, absolutely dominant performance by Garrett. Uh, he also had a hysterical play uh, with uh, Bobby Witt Jr. trying to try to go to second. But yeah, game two, we were watching it at the uh, at the restaurant, and uh, you know, just overall good vibes from that game, I guess. Yeah, two quick things on Cole. I'm a Cole stan. Everybody knows that. Everybody knows I'll defend Cole when some people, when other people don't want to. But I said this to you on Saturday, and I, I just want to say it real quick on the pod. We don't have to have an, you know an argument or even a dialogue about it. But they they talked so much in the pregame about Ben Workvet and how they he'd never thrown to Ben Workvet and you know how it was going to be really interesting to see if Cole you know was going to be able to go out and command the zone and you know pitch well you know with a catcher that he's never thrown to before. I mean, to me, like, you're a pro. You're one of the best pitchers in baseball. Like, it doesn't matter who's back there. You should be able to go out and do your job. So I just thought it was, like, really weird how, you know, the Yes Network pregame was kind of, you know, handling Cole with kid gloves, I kind of felt like. I kind of felt like they were babying him. I mean, the guy's a pro. The guy is, you know, in the Cy Young conversation every year. He's one of the best starters in baseball. You should be able to go out there with whoever's behind the plate and do your job. And, you know, it shouldn't really rely on the guy who's behind the plate. And, you know, the other thing about the start as you watch it is, like you said, he was dominant. The the 10 strikeouts he was on, you know, he made the one mistake to Prado. And other than that, he was pretty good. But once again, you do see these innings for Garrett Cole where a guy or two will get on and it'll be a 25-pitch inning. And you can't get fully the length that you want to get out of him because, you know, he will have those innings where, you, you know, he throws a lot of pitches. And I, that's the one thing about Garrett Cole that, you know, I, I would like to see different. I'd, I'd like to see, you know, maybe the strikeouts come down slightly, but for him to be able to, you know, get some more efficient outs throughout the game. So, you know, in the seventh inning of this game, you know, we could have seen Garrett Cole you know, go more than one out in that seventh. You know, we, we can see him get a little more length because I'm sorry, but like even at 100 pitches, I have more confidence in Garrett Cole out there on the mound than any guy in, in our bullpen, anybody. So I, I, I you know, I, I'd, I'd like to see him, you know, work a little bit more efficiently. And I know that'll take away some strikeouts, but I, it, just getting more length out of him, I think is the thing that always gets me when I walk away from a Garrett Cole start because he's dominant and a lot of nights he's dominant, but I just always come away wishing that he gave us a little bit more length. Yeah. And I mean, Garrett Cole is just a strikeout. I was saying it to you. He's kind of like, he's a strikeout pitcher. You know, it's the only reason really why his, his, his pitch count racks up so high. And I mean, you know, obviously he's all, he's always really susceptible to the home run. He, he's, you know, I, it's not a Garrett Cole start unless there's a home run given up. So, you know, it's, you know, he gets knocked around um, a couple times, but, you know, nothing to the point where it's concerning, obviously. Um, but yeah, Garrett Cole's length is something that a lot of fans always, they always want that. Everyone doesn't, like, I actually, I did see something hysterically that uh, someone was like, I don't like how Garrett Cole pitches for strikeouts, and I think he should start, you know, move, like, you know, uh, giving himself length. And I'm like, dude, that's not how that works. That's, just, that's physically not how that works. But that's also a big, uh, good point about the uh, the whole Benny uh, Ben Rorfett thing. Because I mean, I'm not a, I've, I've never really been a pitcher, but I don't really think it. I mean, obviously, it's probably cooler if you have like your own, like a really good buddy of yours catching behind the plate. But it's like I don't really think it makes much of a difference whether or not who's behind the plate. Because either way, it's pretty much going to be the same game being called. You know, it's all like you know the manager's game is you know pretty much like it's going to be a whole back and forth between. You know, catcher, manager, and pitcher. So it's like, you know, I, I just, yeah, I don't understand the whole 
worries behind if if Rortfett was going to be a, a a factor in Garrett Cole's success or not. Yeah, and I understand like maybe in a you know in a big playoff game you go to the guy that he's more comfortable with that maybe you know he feels you know understands him better you know where he wants to go. I totally get that in like a big game, but on a Saturday in the middle of, you know, towards the end of June against the Kansas City Royals, you know, to me, like, it shouldn't matter. Like, Cole is dominant enough that he should be able to go out and do his job no matter who's back there. You also got to keep in mind the fact that, uh, you know, we've really, we have seen much more Higashioka because probably since the fact that Trevino's wrist has been hurting him and, you know, they want to just give him some rest. So you got to also know the fact that they probably only started Rortfed just because they wanted to give Higgy the day off. Like, you know, it's not, you know, it wasn't really going to be like it wasn't going to be like this dramatic switch that was going to you know you're right change yeah. some it'll sort probably of be, it'll probably be higgy for most of the cold starts moving yeah. forward yeah like he, i mean he's just he, catcher needs an off day man just let him let him be um but yeah garrett cole um another garrett cole start really um and then the offense some i mean some guys have really been stepping up in this past this past week um you know, DJ was able to give us the lead on an Apo Taco, and that was his first. Uh, that was his first go-ahead home run since I don't remember the exact date of it, but it was uh, it was in 2019 against the Athletics. That was his first go-ahead home run uh, since 2019 in the seventh inning or later. That is absolutely insane. It was against the A's. Uh, it was a walk-off on Lou Trevino. I I can't for can't remember the date, but yeah, it was. That's that's really interesting. But yeah, your guys, man, your guys kind of stepped up in this game. And DJ's been a real, you know, real big, um, he's been producing a good amount since it's, uh, in the start of the second half. And I, I wonder if you if you felt the same about DJ. You know, I feel like his swings have just been a lot better. Yeah, his at-bats look a whole lot better. He even had, he had a ground out in the first inning today when they were rallying and they were able to put up a ton of runs in the first where, I mean, he hit the ball in the screws, it just went right to second base. And his at-bats look a whole lot better to me. I'm starting to gain a lot more confidence just in the approach of DJ LeMahieu because I think that's always been the scariest part when he's at the plate is, you know, the, his approach and how, you know, he commands the zone when he's up there and, you know, how he's dangerous to hit really any pitch that's close. So for for, for me to start con- seeing consistently better at-bats, you know, every single time he goes up there is definitely a good thing. Yeah, and a guy like him and, and even Giancarlo Stanton. Stanton was able to, you know, add on to the lead. And Stanton and Stanton and DJ have been, you know, really swinging it well. Um, and, I mean, if, thankfully, because if it wasn't if, – if they couldn't figure it out, you know, who knows what kind, of tr- what kind of trouble we could be getting into because, you know, top of the lineup, you know, those are the guys that are mostly at the uh, top of the lineup, you know, whether it's DJ leading off or, like, you know, staying at four, five, six, whatever. But it's like, you know – we could finally get some offensive production out of the, out of those guys that are up top because you know it really has been a struggle for those guys. So, um, but to see Stanton kind of breaking in again, um, you know, I mean, you kind of you can kind of expect it at this point. I mean, every after every IL stint Stanton has, you know, it does, it just does. T- it, it, it for him, it just does. It takes him a while to just kind of get it going, and then once he does get it going, like he is, like it, it take it only takes a series to get to get so much be- so much confidence back in Stanton just because, you know, when he's on, like, he is on. Oh, yeah. I mean, totally. And, again, I think he's another guy that we're starting to see have a lot better at-bats, too. And in Game 3, you know, you got some you have some more results from him, too. So definitely some better at-bats from a lot of guys. Rizzo had a hit in this game. So definitely 
saw some better at bats, and I think it carried over into Game Three because some of those big guys had huge days. I mean, Anthony Rizzo went four for four in Game Three. Stan had a couple of hits. DJ had a had a hit. Obviously, Glaber continues to go with the with the home run. They definitely had some good offensive performances in the game today, and I think they're from the big guys who have been struggling. And it does you can look at this game, I feel like, and feel a little bit better about some of those guys because I mean, obviously. You know they've been struggling, and for Rizzo to have the day that he had is obviously huge. Yeah. Um, so yeah, the bullpen cleaned it up um, in Game Two. Yeah, let's just jump right into Game Three. I mean, Game Two. You know, Garrett Cole, great start. Um, you know, Game Game Three. This was the this is a game that Volpe sits. Uh, they start Peraza at shortstop, and you made a and I saw you I saw you uh, tweeted out a pretty good point. Um, with uh, with with Peraza, um, and actually it's in the notes right here. So Peraza, uh, he made a made kind of like a little slow backhanded play, but you know, but the difference in the in the in the arm in the arm strength between the both of them, I mean, it's it's clearly visible, and Peraza clearly has the the much better arm at shortstop, and that's really on the defensive side. That's that was one of Volpe's kind of concerns was. You know, especially those deep throws, you know, unless he obviously chucked his arm out like he was going to make the throw. But it's like, you know, on those deep throws, you know, Volpe was kind of like short hopping it. Rizzo had to save him a few times with some picks. So, I mean, I don't know if that kind of throws a wrench into, in this, which it really shouldn't. But I don't really know if that throws a wrench at all into any, any, any sort of thing. But, um, yeah, I mean, it was, it was it was interesting to see that. And I, I saw you pointed that out. Yeah, I don't think it throws a wrench in anything because this is kind of – been the scouting report for these two guys when the even when they were coming up. Peraz is the better shortstop defensively. He just is. So and they still decided to go with Volpe, you know, to start the year when they're both in there, you know, in, in the lineup. Volpe's still the shortstop. Like Volpe is the shortstop to them. So I I don't think this it does change anything because I think this has been really known from the start that Peraz is better at shortstop than I think Volpe is defensively. And I think long term it projects Volpe to be, you know, more of a second baseman. But it was interesting to point out because watching him dart a ball over to, over to Rizzo at first was a little bit eye-opening considering just the throws we've seen from Volpe all year. Yeah. Uh, so Seve got the start. Um, he looked good. I think, I, yeah, he looked good. Um, really, this fastball's clocking out 98 to 9,800 miles an hour. Um, you know, he got into a, you know, he, I, he actually, I wouldn't say good, but, you know, Really, towards the end, he kind of just a home run mistake pitch that really kind of let the game come closer. Um, but uh, I, you know, I, I I thought I was I was honestly pretty fine with yeah a couple yeah I actually I don't know I don't know how I feel now I'm thinking about it. You know, a couple couple shaky in and outs that um, Sevy had, but I feel like he was really like in a bit of a command this game. Yeah, I thought he I thought he looked good too. I was a little skeptical about the Angels start. I I didn't love that start if you, you know, if anyone listened to the to the last podcast, but I did like the start. The velocity was up. I thought he was mixing in, you know, the changeup in, in a lot better of a way today than we've seen in the past. And he just got bit by, you know, two two balls, you know, that that one in the 6 was obviously the big one, the the two-run homer. But I thought he did look good. They they stretched him out. He went 100 pitches. I thought he commanded the zone pretty well and I definitely think this is a good stepping stone for him. Uh, to me, I think that this is a start that you can actually look at and say, you know, there might be progress because, you know, which is kind of ironic because the line is better in the Angels' start. But I just, I, I, I thought this start was better for him. 
Yeah, and uh, the offense is able to show out. They score eight runs. Um, Anthony freaking Rizzo after a very very long two months. Man, he has not homered in. He hasn't homered in two months, and he finally was able to was able to sneak one out. And uh, that's uh, that's you know it. You know, as of, I you know as I used to play baseball, and you you have you have as well. And, and I mean, really, it only takes one of those types of hits to get your, like, confidence and momentum back. And, I mean, you just saw it. He went four for four. You know, absolutely great game by Rizzo. And I know it's been such a struggle this him this, for him this past month and a half, two months. And, you know, there was so much conversation whether or not, like, you know, this is the Anthony Rizzo decline. You know, now we're going to have to – now we're have to deal with this production because, we you know, we just re-signed him to this contract. You know, we're going to have to just deal with this now. But, I mean, you know – I, you know, Anthony Rizzo has been in this league way too long and he's been, he's, he's, he's a, he's a successful player. I just, I personally couldn't see him keep keeping into that type of stretch. And if this is, if this, if this game is something that, that, you know, boosts him going down the road and, and we can finally get the old Anthony Rizzo that we had at the start of the year before, before the stint, you know, then, you know, absolutely, absolutely a huge piece there. Oh yeah. I mean, definitely. I, I didn't really see this going on all year either, but you just you saw some really good at bats from him today. The confidence, the double that he hit the other way when, when he can when he can rope a ball into the into the left center field gap, you know his swing is on. Hopefully, this is the beginning of something. You know him really really turning it around because every single one of his at bats was really really good today. Yeah, him and Stanton they had some they had a really good uh, offensive day. Um... Really, I don't know, just a really good offensive day. Torres started up with the home run, and then the first inning, first inning alone, they score four, they score uh, four runs, and then you know was just able to keep it like that. Um, and yeah, Severino was just really able to give us. I get, Severino gave us length, um, and the bullpen was able to shut it down. You know, Ian Hamilton I thought looked really good. Um, great, yeah, great. I thought Ian Hamilton looked really good. Um, and even even I mean Michael King got a couple hits off him, but I mean he was able to get out of it, and that's you know something we didn't really see from King this past stretch. So that's a that was a pretty uplifting from Michael King and Marnaccio, not really great, but um, yeah, I mean you know I I I was a really big you know really big fan of Ian Hamilton right there. It's it's very weird to say that, but I mean one of those like I'm I'm such a I'm such a I don't know. I'm such a big fan of the guy, like those quiet name guys that just show out like that. And, you know, especially for him, he just came, he recently just came back and, you know, he's not going to get thrown into games so much like, like King and Holmes and guys like him. But like, you know, if, if we get some quality innings like that of Ian Hamilton, like they're, you know, I'm not going to try and be a little overboard here, but there could be a chance that like he's starting to get, you know, more, more and more appearances. Yeah. I think he's, I think he's now, you know, the fifth guy, trusted in that bullpen i think he's obviously jumped ron marinaccio i mean he you know he's going to continue if he's going to continue to pitch like this he's just going to continue to run up the ladder i mean you look at his numbers his numbers are great on the year like great like a era under two his strikeout you know rate is high like he's been really really good out of that bullpen and everybody in the bullpen really this whole series was good except ronnie who comes in in the ninth in this game and gives up two solo shots and you know they were up five so it didn't really matter but you know, Ronnie continuing to struggle really, and we're seeing him less and less. I feel like we're kind of seeing him once a series now, and he—that's kind of what he deserves because Ronnie's not been good. Do you think he might get sent down? 
I don't think he's going to get sent down. I, I, I think he's still, I mean, they still trust him more than Ramirez. They still trust him more than Abreu. I, I think he's just, I think what he's projecting to be, at least for the rest of this year, is, you know, the, one of the low leverage relievers at the end the, at the end of that bullpen, you know, at the front end. Like, yeah. you know, you're not going to see Ronnie coming in in the eighth of a two-run game anymore. You're just not. You have, you know, you have Ian Hamilton and Wandy and King and Clay and, you know, Canely. And then if Loisega is going to come back, you're going to have Loisega. Like, he just continues to project to me like he just hasn't pitched well enough and you still need guys that you can still you know trust to a to a certain degree to come in and you know outings where it's not as high leverage but i just think that's kind of where we're at with him right now because he just hasn't pitched well enough to be in higher leverage yeah uh do you think uh, it could be a chance that this bullpen gets switched around a little bit do you think that you know we see some names go and or do you think we we kind of have the same same group of guys I, I feel like I feel like obviously everything, obviously everything's unpredictable, but it's like I feel like it's going to stay the same unless they sell because I don't think they're going to feel like they need to make any moves in the bullpen. And if they do, I don't think it's going to be like a huge move. I don't think you're going to see one of the huge bullpen guys come over. I think it's going to be like kind of what you saw last year with Scott Afros and Lou Trevino. You know, two guys that you know were having good years but aren't you know super you know well-known names you know maybe you maybe they bring in a guy like that but i don't see them making like a huge move in the bullpen no i think they like where they're at with the bullpen so uh you know like we were we were kind of saying in the uh uh earlier in this uh in this stream uh you know obviously the royals are the worst league, worst team in the league and you know if you didn't if you didn't win this series a lot of jeopardy um but you know now now you got the mets coming up who are not really having a good time at all either um and you know these are kind of games you're gonna have to start taking and this this past schedule was the schedule you were supposed to really get yourself going but um i wonder now you know obviously like i want to like like i said the royals aren't great but you know do you feel more confident I mean, a little bit, just because of some of the offensive performances we saw, you know, some of the back end of the bullpen guys and how well they pitched. But, like, overall, like, in, in terms of the general, you know, the New York Yankees itself, I don't think I feel that much better. I mean, again, it's the Kansas City Royals. Like, they weren't – this this is the worst team in baseball by record. I think they had – I think they're, like, 28-72 and 72 or something like that. So they're like, on pace for, like, 126 you know, losses or something like that. Yes, yeah, so, and you didn't, you didn't blow them out. You, you know, you didn't – you know, wipe the floor with them. You played three close games with them. You know, you were able to win. You were able to prevail. You got some good offense late in a couple of these games, which is, you know, good. And obviously, you know, three wins is three wins, and you take that. But I, I'm not feeling like, you know, I'm not back to being like, you know, feeling like this team can contend with, you know, all the other, you know, American League, you know, beasts. Yeah. Um, that's actually – yeah, pretty much exactly how I feel. You know, you take these series. You know, whether it was like you know teams like the A's or like the Tigers or you know stuff like that. You know, these are the these are series you take you take pretty lightly. Um, so yeah, we got the Mets coming up. Another Subway Series this time. It's in the Bronx. Uh, we got Herman tomorrow night uh, against Verlander. Yippee! Actually, it's Tuesday night. I'm sorry. Yeah, off day tomorrow, and then I think Quintana Rodon on Wednesday. Yes, Rodon and Quintana, which is you know this is Quintana's. Quintana just came back recently off the third IL. Third start, I think, coming off the IL. I think yeah. it's his third start of the year. Yeah, so this is Quintana's. I mean, same with Rodon. So Rodon's what fourth or fifth? Fourth. Um, fourth. Yeah, fourth. Yeah, so you know, two two guys coming right back off the bullpen or right off the IL. So um, uh, I I don't know. Maybe you got. 
going to have to f- really figure it out against a guy who kind of just came off the I.L. Um, you know, these, you know, Rodon didn't really do great when he just came off the I.L. So, you know, hopefully we kind of tag along with that. Um, I don't know if you really took anything else out of this series. Uh, I, you know, I wouldn't say this is just one that really, like, sparks, um, you know, obviously a series wins a great win, you know, sweeps a, a sweep is a great sweep. And I mean, once again, like you said, the offensive production is really the big thing. And I'm, I, I personally, I don't know. I'm such a big fan of Anthony Rizzo's weekend this, this weekend. I really think this could, I really, really do think that that could be the liftoff that he needed. Yeah. I mean, it was definitely, there was definitely some really good individual performances offensively, which, you know, from guys that we've been waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting for to have some of these performances. So, you know, definitely, hopefully moving in the right direction with some of those guys. And I mean, Verlander had a really rough start to the year, but he's really started to pick it up. He's starting to kind of look like Justin Verlander again. So, you know, hopefully you could put up a little bit of a fight against him on Tuesday. I kind of look at the Wednesday game as, you know, a really big game. I kind of want to see Rodon have a pretty good outing. I don't think we've seen that yet from him. And against Quintana, who just came off the IL, you should be able to get some runs, I feel, against him. So, I look at Wednesday as almost a, a must-win just because I think we need to see Rodon have a good outing, and I think they need to put up some runs against Quintana. But, yeah, you just got to keep stacking wins, keep stacking divisional, I mean, uh, series wins. And, you know, they, they took care of business this weekend. That's really all you could say. They took care of business. You can feel a little bit better if you want. You don't have to feel better at all. But they took care of business. They did what they needed to do, and you need to take this momentum and move it forward. And the only thing that really, I mean, they're out of last place. They, they were able to sneak out of last place. Uh, they're now a half game above Boston. They're one and a half back of Toronto. And, I mean, really third place is kind of what we're chasing for at this point. I don't really, I mean, a wild card spot at this point. I don't, unless, unless Tampa goes on a skid, which they did this month, actually. But we did, too. So, it's not like, you know, if unless we go on a winning streak and Tampa goes on that skid. Because, I mean, Baltimore right now, I, I don't know if you know, but they're red hot right now. And they, you know, I don't. I'm with a young team like that. I don't know if the breaks are gonna if they're gonna really slow down um, because you know Baltimore's now first in the division. Uh, they're two games ahead, so you know you know Baltimore's able to kind of spark up. So I mean, really, third place is kind of what we're chasing after right now. And um, you know now, and you actually you do play Baltimore uh, after the Mets series. So you know, two crucial series. You know, two crucial series pretty much coming up. Oh yeah, I mean later on. Um, you know, to begin August to end to end to end to end July, Houston and Tampa are two series that you also play. So you know, you you got out of the out of the easy patch. You didn't play well. Hopefully, you can take the momentum, start playing you know a little better. Hopefully, you get some of these guys back. I think they you know I think Brian Hoke said he kind of thinks Judge is going to come back either you know that Houston series or that Rays series at the beginning of August. Hopefully, you know, they can continue to stack momentum. We'll be at you guys right after the two-game set against the New York Mets. A little bit of a Subway Series battle midweek. Off day for the Yankees tomorrow. That means an off day for us two as well. So we will see you guys on Thursday morning following the two games at home against the New York Mets. Let's go Yanks, man. Let's freaking go Yanks.